Welcome to A Crash Investigation, the podcast, the show where we dissect and discuss primary crashes in aviation history. I'm your host, Shoshana Gakai, and in today's episode, we are going to be discussing British Airways Flight 5390, the crew, the crash, the investigation. But before we continue, and if you are listening on a podcast listening platform such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so much more, don't forget to follow us there and rate us on the podcast platform. Now, before we continue, sorry if my voice sounds weird. I'm just a little bit sick, but we will not stop. So, without wasting any more of your time, let us officially get into it. It is the greatest aviation mystery of all time. Lies a massive passenger jet and the remains of its 239 passengers and crew. Uh, good morning, we have uh, a smoke uh, uh, problem. And we're doing emergency descent to level 15140. In December 1988, a passenger airliner was bombed over Scotland in what was one of the largest pre-9-11 terrorist attacks. Alright, so British Airways Flight 5390 was a scheduled flight for the 10th of June 1990. Its origin was Birmingham International Airport, England, and its destination would be Maralaga Costa del Sol Airport, Maralaga, Spain. The aeroplane used was the British Aircraft Corporation 111-528FL or BAC-111-528FL. The call sign was Speedbird 5390. The crew and passengers. The captain of this flight was Timothy Lancaster, who was 42 years old at the time of the crash. In total, he had obtained 11,050 flight hours with 1,075 flight hours on the 111-528FL. His last medical exam was on the 14th of March 1990, and he had, and I quote, no limitations, end quote. The first officer of this flight was Alastair Hutchinson, who was 39 years old at the time of the crash. He had obtained 7,500 flight hours with 1,100 flight hours on the 111-528FL. His last medical exam was on the 20th of December 1989, and he had, and I quote, no limitations, end quote. In total, there were 81 passengers on board with four flight attendants. The aircraft, so as I had mentioned before, the aircraft that was used was the BAC-111-528FL. Now, this aircraft in particular had 37,724 total hours of operation, and it only had 41 hours till its next check. The flight. So at 20 minutes past 7 a.m., British Airways Flight 5390 takes off from Birmingham International Airport. This flight was transferred to the London Air Traffic Control Center, or LATCC. Now the LATCC instructed British Airways Flight 5390 to maintain a level of 14,000 feet or 4,267 meters. 
First Officer Hutchinson would be in charge of the takeoff and the climb, and Captain Lancaster would be in charge of the flight. The LATCC further told British Airways Flight 5390 to climb to 23,000 feet or 7,010 meters. The crew acknowledged this request and climbed. Now here I am going to quote from the final report. It reads as follows. At this stage, both pilots had released their shoulder harness using the release bar on the buckle and the commander had loosened his lap strap. End quote. So... You heard the commander. The commander is Captain Lancaster, but for the sake of this episode, we are going to be referring to Captain Lancaster as a captain and not as a commander. And as you have heard, everyone was relaxed because it was just all routine, but uh, it was going to change. At 27 minutes to 8 a.m. at 17,300 feet or 5,273 meters, they were still climbing when flight attendants were serving snacks, food, and drinks to their 81 passengers. That was until disaster struck, and I quote, there was a loud bang and the fuselage filled with condensation mist, end quote. And because they were still climbing, there was incredibly thin air and there was a rapid decompression of the aircraft. Now, of course, due to the decompression, there was a lot of panic around the aeroplane and the passengers, basically everyone. And a flight attendant decided to rush into the cockpit and this flight attendant saw Captain Lancaster partially sucked out of the left windscreen. The flight attendant tried to hold on to Captain Lancaster and the other flight attendants started to prepare for an emergency landing. First Officer Hutchinson regained control and he initiated a rapid descent to 11,000 feet or 3,353 meters. First Officer Hutchinson re-engaged the autopilot and he tried to call a mayday but he was unsuccessful the first time due to the amount of air that was entering the cockpit. Therefore, the LATCC did not know about the emergency. The flight attendants were also trying to get Captain Lancaster inside the aircraft, but they were unsuccessful. As a result, they had no choice but to hold on to Captain Lancaster's ankles and torso for the duration of the emergency landing. At this point, First Officer Hutchinson was at 10,000 feet or 3,048 meters and he was traveling at 150 knots, 278 kilometers an hour or 173 miles per hour. The LATCC then told First Officer Ashingson to land at Southampton International Airport, specifically runway 02. First Officer Ashingson did his calculations on how to land, and finally, at 5 minutes to 8 a.m., British Airways Flight 5390 lands at Southampton Airport. Everyone, including Captain Lancaster, survived the quote-unquote crash, and I'm saying quote-unquote crash because it wasn't really a crash. To be honest, let's just call it an event rather than a crash. A flight attendant sustained cuts and Captain Lancaster, I am quoting from the final report, he had bone fractures in his right arm and wrist, a broken left thumb, bruising, frostbite, and shock, end quote. At the end of the day, everyone survived the quote-unquote crash, and that is all that we are looking for. The investigation. This quote-unquote crash was investigated by the Air Accidents Investigation Branch, or AAIB, of Britain, because the airline that was used was British Airways. 
Now the wreckage. So the aeroplane was intact except for the left windscreen, which kinda made the investigator's job a little bit easier. The windscreen was actually found in Chelsea, Oxfordshire, which was about 1 hour 27 minutes away from Southampton Airport. Here I'm quoting from the final report, here we go. Along with the windscreen, outboard corner post, fairing strips and some associated bolts were found. 26 of the bolts recovered with the windscreen were new bolts identified against the British standard as having the part number A221-8C. The remaining four bolts recovered were reused bolts identified as having the part number A211-7D. This is incredibly important for later on, just keep this at the back of your head, but I just wanted to say that this is a big red flag. So the maintenance. From the British Civil Airworthiness Requirements or BCAR, the maintenance reads as follows. The BAC 111 Model 500 was type certificated to British Civil Airworthiness Requirements or BCAR Section D 1970, which calls up duplicate inspections after certain safety critical maintenance operations. However, the glazing elements of windscreens are not identified as principal structures elements, nor does the application of this duplicate inspection philosophy attempt to cover possible safety critical situations caused by servicing errors. End quote. This basically means that as much as windscreens are essential to flight, the components of the windscreen are not really considered important and they don't even require two to three checks after the assembly of the windscreen red flag but going back to the maintenance of the bac 111 528 fl's windscreen aka the accident aircraft's windscreen now the left windscreen of the accident aircraft aka the one that caused the rapid decompression had new a211-8c bolts and old A211-7D bolts. But how was this windscreen assembled? Well, this is a long quote, so I hope you're ready. Here we go. Because of their small head size, the bolts, the bolts being A211-7D, do not carry individual identification, but the shift maintenance manager accurately matched the removal bolt by going through several trays and comparing the removed bolt with the drawer contents. He then identified the part number of the bolt as A2117D by looking at the store's issue note in the drawer. The windscreen should have been fitted using A2118Ds. The store supervisor who had been in the job for about 16 years informed him that A2118Ds were used to fit the windscreen but did not press the point. The shift maintenance manager decided that as A2117D bolts had come out, he would replace them with bolts of the same size." End quote. Now I'm sure there were previous maintenance issues whereby the wrong bolts, the wrong bolts being the A2117Ds, were put in instead of the A2118Ds. The shift maintenance manager was told which bolts to use but he ignored the advice. The wrong bolts were therefore put on the left windscreen and an increase in altitude of the plane combined with the small bolts that are put onto the windscreen 
means too much pressure and therefore the explosion of the windscreen. The findings. Here we go and I quote. Number one, the crew were properly licensed, medically fit and rested to conduct the flight. Number two, whilst climbing through 17,300 feet or 5,273 meters, pressure altitude on a heading of 195 degrees, the left windscreen was blown out of its frame under the influence of cabin air pressure. Number three, the co-pilot suffered a degree of disorientation, but he was able to regain control of the aircraft and start an immediate descent. Number four, the windscreen fitting process was characterized by a series of poor work practices, poor judgments, and perceptual errors in each one of which eroded the factors of safety built into the method of operation promulgated by British Airways. Number five, a series of cues were available to the shift maintenance manager to draw attention to the use of incorrect faults, but all went unnoticed and unheard. Number six, although an independent final inspection would have had a high probability of detecting the error, the task of the windscreen installation was not designated a vital point, aka what I was talking about earlier, basically saying that the windscreen is not really considered an important part where it needs a second to third inspection but continuing and consequently no duplicate inspection was called for and none took place number seven the british airways local management product samples and quality audits had not detected the application of inadequate standards by the shift maintenance manager because they did not monitor directly the working practices of shift maintenance managers number eight the nature of the emergency was never fully appreciated by LATCC. And number nine, the recovery to Southampton was managed effectively by the co-pilot who was assisted by the Southampton zone controller, end quote. So the probable cause, the following factor contributed to the loss of the windscreen. It reads as follows, and I quote, the shift maintenance manager's potential to achieve quality in this windscreen fitting process was eroded by his inadequate care, poor trade practices, failure to adhere to company standards, and use of unsuitable equipment, which were all judged symptomatic of a longer-term failure by him to observe the promulgated procedures." End quote. So the recommendation set out by the AAIB to the Civil Aviation Authority, or CAA, and I quote, Number one, British Airways should review the need to introduce job descriptions slash terms of reference for engineering grades including shift maintenance manager and above number two the caa should consider the need for the periodic training and testing of engineers number three the caa should recognize the need for the use of corrective glasses if prescribed in association with the undertaking of aircraft engineering tasks and number four the caa should ensure that prior to the issue of an atc rating a candidate shall undergo an approved course which includes training in both the theoretical and practical handling of emergency situations end quote and that is the end of today's episode thanks so much for listening thank you so much for bearing with my weird voice i'll promise i'll get better but don't forget to like and subscribe if you're listening on YouTube, listening on our podcast listening platform. Don't forget to follow us there and rate us very high. I've been your host, Jonah Kakai. 
thank you so much for listening once again i really do appreciate your support like massively and i'll catch you next week saturday at half past four central african time aka south african standard time and basically yes cheers